0: Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Adolescence is a time of major transition, physically, emotionally, and socially. Healthy sexuality is an important part of adolescent development. And as a primary care provider, I feel I play a key role in helping young people develop healthy routines, behaviors, and relationships that they can carry with them into adult lives. While most adolescents at this stage of life are thriving, many are having difficulty navigating this transition during these very formative years. And it is because of this that I, as a pediatrician, have encouraged this discussion around adolescent sexual health with my families. But it's a tough area to navigate. It's tough to talk about There's a lot of stigma, which I really want to set that all aside. And I've invited a very special guest. Her name is Alexandra Harbushka, and her life was sent into upheaval when she received a call from her doctor diagnosing her with herpes. She was shaking. She felt like her life, her goals, her desires had just gone up in smoke but she developed a new mission to share her story with people just like her and to let people know that their feelings are normal, natural, that they're not vit- victims at all. And with this mission in mind, she founded Life with Herpes, which is an online community consisting of a podcast, a website, a YouTube channel, and wellness products to support the skin condition, as well as an online community that provides support, all dedicated to shattering the stigma of living with herpes. So thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining me today.
1: You're welcome. I'm so excited, Dr. Sarah. This is, it's going to be great. And I like what you said in the beginning that navigating that transition period from your innocence, from childhood, to that tricky tweener teen where you think like, well, mom, you don't know. Right. You're like, I do know. And then going on to adulthood. So it it is a tricky
0: time. And I think that a lot of families really don't know how to start the conversation. And we know that some of this is taught in school, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know as a mom I kind of felt like when the boys got to the age where I knew they were going to be discussing these topics in school, I wanted to kind of get there first and talk a little bit about it before they went in so that they weren't sitting there completely blindsided. Like, what in the world are we talking about? Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Totally. And especially for females, you know, we have changes that are, you know, we get our period. And so that conversation typically comes Like as moms of daughters, that's, you have to have that conversation, you know, like that's really, you got to have that one. But, um, and that's a nice segue into the rest, but yeah, I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm a mom, my, my son's three, so I have a long ways to go, but, um, I try, I try to expose them to, for example, like not expose them weirdly, but like if I'm on my period and he happens to see, I, I don't go, oh, you know, yep. So mom, mommy's having this thing called this. And he's like, oh, I'll get you a Band-Aid. Aw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that it's natural and it's not like something natural. taboo, you know.
1: Uh-huh. And I explained, all mommies have this and, you know. So, But, but back to the sexual health and being diagnosed with herpes and... Just navigating that really tricky time because, you, like you mentioned, it is taboo. We can throw religion in there. We can throw in, um, you know, the whole what's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But like the whole revo- revolution of sexual awakenness, or mm-hmm. you know, and and everybody has their ho- their own idea and and what's what what what's the way to navigate it. You have, I've heard so many parents say, I just, yeah, birds and bees, you just won't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I feel that's just doing a huge disservice to our children. Um, Obviously, being a mom, I'm sure you can relate to this as well, is as a mom, I teach, it's my job to teach my son everything, right? We learn how to blow our nose. We learn how to flush the toilet. We learn how to use a pencil. We learn how to wipe. But I'm not going to teach him how to have sex. No. Right. And there's this, it's it's like such a big part of life. And it's just it'd be the same thing as like throwing a 16-year-old, here's the keys to the car, go have fun. Right. And that 16-year-old's never been behind the wheel. That's literally what we're doing. Like, oh, okay, well, just don't do it until you can do it. And then just don't get anyone pregnant or get pregnant and then you'll be fine. That's really the conversation.
0: Right. It's almost as if what What message I really want to share, because I said I do encourage people to talk about it, I'm not saying because we're talking about it, we're giving kids permission or, you know, saying, oh, you should go do this, you know, we're talking about it because they are going to start to notice their body changing. They are going to see a guy or a girl and get those little butterflies in their stomach. Mm-hmm. And if we're not helping them navigate those feelings, which are completely normal, then they're either going to look at sex as something that is not... is is kind of like good food and bad food. You know, it's like right. as something bad... Or they're going to really not understand that there's responsibilities and risks and emotionally, physically. Like I tell kids all the time in my practice, I say, I'm not your parent, but I'm sharing this information with you because I know maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some point you might start to have notice some feelings and I want you to know it's normal to feel that way. And helping them navigate how to respond to those feelings, too.
1: Exactly. And not just suppress them or feel like, oh, because I feel this way, then that means that I need to jump on that, you know, go for it. No, 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 no. It just means that these are some natural things and you may or may not know what's going on. And and, um, so what's interesting for me is I actually taught sex ed in high school. Really? So it was a really yeah, it was it was a really great so my, my school was small and they required the kids to join, you know, some sort of community service group and so one of the groups that was offered was planned parenthood picked just our our high school and they educated us and they taught us and they did testing so that we could pass everything and then we went out and did sex education to other high schools in the county. And so it was really great in the sense that you were being peer-educated by another 16-year-old or 17-year-old or 18-year-old or however old you were um, at the time. And you're being peer-educated by someone that was educated on on this through Planned Parenthood. And so I knew everything there was to know about anatomy, physiology, the hormones, when you can get pregnant, when you can't get pregnant, um, uh STDs, STIs, birth controls, I knew all of that. So I can't use the excuse that, well, I was never taught and I didn't know. And that just goes to show that even though I knew how herpes was transmitted, I knew how common it was, I still didn't believe it would ever, ever, ever happen to me because I was so deeply rooted in the the belief that, well you know, who gets it or the, just so stigma. Oh, well, I know, I know who's going to like, it's not, it's not me right. or, well, I don't, I don't participate in those types of behaviors. So therefore it's not going to be me. I've only been intimate with boyfriends. So I'm, there's no way I would get it. And that was the belief as silly as it sounds to me now, that was the belief that I had. And so again, it, you know, you and, and, and talking on this podcast and, and all of us talking, it it's, the story of, oh, it's not going to happen to me, it it can. Mm-hmm. And it is important to educate yourself on it and educate your children on it because just statistically, our children are going to come in contact with it um, or an STI, period, the end. Like yes. they're just going to come in contact with them. It, it It's not right, wrong, good, bad.
0: And I even tell people, my patients, you know, we talk about abstinence too, Mm -hmm. and that's okay too. And I talk about, you know, safe sex, right? I mean, I go both, I I talk about both, but I say, you know, when I talk about abstinence, I think the reality of it, and again, we could could go from any aspects of, of life. And of course, I, you know, abstinence is a great thing, not just physically, but emotionally too. But at the same time, there is that reality that the chance that you're going to be get into a relationship, let's say you wait until that, that person is the one. Mm-hmm. In a perfect scenario, that other person would also be the only one. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can't be blind to the fact that that's probably going to be very hard to find. Exactly. And so I talk about... You could also contract something from your own partner or spouse or whatever you know you want yeah. to, to call them, right? And absolutely and, there I, ha- I know. and we have to be in that reality that it's just it, you know, that's what they're going to face most likely
1: all all of us throughout our our sexual life and and like you said, yeah, we have this idea of, well, I'm a virgin or my partner's a virgin. Great. That's great. But as you go through life, that's not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. Um, To fast forward, I speak to a lot of women that are, well, men and women that are in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s that have gone through a divorce Mm -hmm. or a loss of a spouse. And so in their mind, when they get back out into the dating field, they've gone through the whole pregnancy thing. Like, that's not an issue. And they were, their mindset was, will you use protection to prevent pregnancy? now they're they're past that and and so the whole idea of std conversations is something that they're not aware it's a conversation that needs to happen mm-hmm. and so i see a lot of people in their 40s 50s 60s getting herpes well when, when we have the thought of well that's something you get when you're young you get right. that college you get that in your 20s that's absolutely not true you know um there's a statistic saying that uh, by the time you're 50 90% of the people have been exposed to it and it, it, it's, actually, yeah. I mean, I think it's a hundred percent personally, I just don't know how it's possible for only 90% because it is so, so, so common, you know, two out of three people have HSV one and one out of six have HSV two. It is so, so, so common. So when you look at, if you've kissed more than three people, you've kissed somebody with herpes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no, know? um, even if you haven't slept with six people, if you have a partner that has slept with, you know, you, you just kind of start doing the math and becomes like that spider web chart of it's impossible to just not come
0: across it. And I would say like several of the others, you know, HPV is another one and they're skin to skin is what it is. Yes. So. There's even if like I even I ask the question and and it's it's hard for me sometimes with these kids because I know they're uncomfortable. I'm less I'm I'm more comfortable asking the questions, but they're a little uncomfortable, you know, um, but I'll say, you know, have you had sex of any kind? Because in their mind, when you say sex, they're thinking intercourse, you know, or specifically. So I'll say, you know, and then I'll give examples, you know, and and I know it's awkward for them, but I feel like I need to have that conversation because I want them to understand, you know, the just or have the opportunity, if anything, to ask questions to somebody who feels that they can feel safe with. And exactly, and talk about you know how these there are certain things you can get without having intercourse as well
1: right and, and that that happens all the time too in my community i'll I'll talk to teenagers, and they're like, "I haven't had sex, but I have genital herpes because they had a partner that went down on them and had it and either didn't or either knew or didn't know, and if they knew, they didn't think it could be transmitted that way
0: mm-hmm. And it's it's just
1: so innocent and you just don't, you just don't
0: know. Right. And it really comes back down to education, which I feel like we're, people talk about it a lot more than maybe when I was going through high school, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But this was something, and I I love, God rest my mom, but we did not talk about this at home. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. there, we just didn't. And Mm -hmm. so there's, and that's not unusual, You know, I think that's very common, Um, but we give these kids who are really going, their brain is still developing and, you know, they're hearing from this person or that person. And, you know, and now there's so much information, places they can get information. So it's, um, it's, it's hard. I think what I hear you saying is, yes, we're taught in school or they can be taught in school, this, 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 but we're not taught that this can happen to you, that, even if you don't have intercourse, this can happen to you. Or, you know, you can wait till you're married. It can still happen to you.
1: It can still happen.
0: Or if right. it's a, a new chapter in your life as you, as an adult, an older adult, it can still happen to you.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's And it's one of those things. You could have picked this up in your early 20s in college, and all of a sudden it pops up at 40.
0: And you're like, where did this come from? Yes, you're right. absolutely right. And and that could be awkward, too, don't you think, if you're with someone and they're thinking, wait a minute. I had a
1: conversation yesterday with somebody that just had this situation, and he's like, I don't know where this came from. And, like, I've been married, we, my wife and I have been married for 15 years. Where did this come from? Yeah. You know, and I said, before you met your wife, you know, I, I where it came from. So it, it is, it is difficult for
0: spouses, and I love that. So you created, when you found out, when you received this information and you decided that you were going to make this a mission to not only help yourself realize, you know, navigate through this, but also others. Tell me if, if you're open to it, just how, yeah. how you got it to that point and then how you've been able to help others so far. Sure. Absolutely. So when I
1: was diagnosed with genital herpes, I was 28 and I was dating somebody. Um, we waited a really long time to be intimate. Um, and I ended up with it and it was devastating. And he had been tested, but not tested for herpes because herpes is not included in the typical. Or normal STI panel, and so he had been getting tested, but not testing for HSV for herpes. So he didn't know. Um, and then, boom! Here I have it. I'm devastated. You know, uh, do now the thought process: Do I have to marry him? If I don't marry him, am I gonna never, you know, find anybody? You know, all all those things that go through your mind. Um, am I damaged? Am I used goods? All, all, all that, all that. Like almost conditioning that you hear, or um, you hear when you've made a mistake. It's like, oh well, now like a leper, now uh, you're can't you can't you're, your life is now changed because you made this choice. And and I stuck stood there. I stood. St- I stayed in that spot for two years. I call it my Eor phase. I had a rain cloud like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. I had a rain cloud over my head. I was, I didn't have color, you know, like I, mm. I you could just look at, you can look back at pictures and you're just, there's no twinkle in an eye, you know, yeah.
0: That,
1: yeah, you're just not, you're just not present. And I was there for two years and I was turning 30 and I thought, okay, I, I, this is not who I am. I'm wasting my life. I am wasting my time with him. I need to break up with him, but I couldn't just break up. But see, I didn't have that confidence. So I had to start working on myself and start, um, educating myself about herpes more so than what I had known through being a high school student um, and working on anger and forgiveness and, you know, why do I feel like I'm attracting this type of guy when I want this type of guy? And so just really working on myself. And so at 30, I made that my deadline to make all those changes. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I I checked them off and I, I did them. Um, But I still was like, there's no way I'm going to talk about having herpes. Why would I tell anybody I have herpes? That's, there's no way. Um, And it was, it was my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. And I was off to a podcast conference and I was asked to speak and specifically asked to speak on something that was vulnerable and um, something that had happened to me. And so I was like, oh man. So I, I prepared this whole thing about getting into debt at 25 and my husband was like, okay, no offense, but like every 25 year old gets into debt. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. You know, it was a big deal to you at the time, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, he's like, you should talk about having herpes. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do, like, are you crazy? What are you thinking? So I did, I got on stage and I announced that I had herpes. It was terrifying. It was live streamed because that was really new at the time in 2017. And there it was. So after I did that, that was uh, February, January, February 17. And I realized, okay, I was able to support people. They came up to me and said, wow, Alexandra, I have this too, and I've never talked about it. Or I don't have herpes, but I have my story. I have my own handicap that I've created that something has happened to me. Right. And so I realized, okay, I got to I got to do this because at the time there was nothing out about it. Nobody was talking about it and it was just a very the, the diagnosis was a very sterile pamphlet that's just bullet point and here you go. And then there was no way to guide people after a diagnosis.
0: And I love that you mentioned too because as I'm listening to your story, I think we can all resonate with a time in our life where, in a blink of an eye, it was changed. and we, Absolutely. That it, I mean, literally affects the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I know I've had those moments, and one one of those, I basically was like, well, I can make this the worst thing that ever happened to me, mm-hmm. or... I can somehow make this one of the best things that ever happened to me. Exactly. And I know exactly. that sounds hard to say when you're talking about a medical, you know, diagnosis, but we've all had those those things. I just one of my nephews was just diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I thought to myself, wow, his life has changed from this point on. Mm-hmm. But what I love too about your your bio, you know, that I read is that it's okay to feel like sad about it or, or feel changed or feel different, or I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, but basically you're saying, look, you know, the feelings that you're having right now over this life changing diagnosis is real and it's, it's okay. And then it's, then you have to figure out at what point, you know, what am now what am i going to do to make it better
1: Abs- absolutely and and especially in your 20s this may have been the first big thing that your parents couldn't fix for you yeah or a teenager it's the first thing that your parents can't fix for you um and it it is lifelong right you you cannot change this mm mm-hmm. mhm and two of the things that I really, really focus on to get us through the diagnosis, like it's a you need to mourn it. You need to you need to cry. You need to go through those stages, the fight, flight, or freeze. You need to go through your fight phase. You need to go through your freeze phase, your flight, flight, like all of that. You need to go through that. However, you don't want to be stuck there, right? And you don't want to turn forty five and go, "Oh my gosh, I never got married. I never had kids." I used drugs or alcohol to suppress these feelings, and now I'm in my 40s, and and now what? You know, or 50s or 60s or 30s or whatever. So two of the things that I really, really, really talk about are, number one, practicing forgiveness. Yes. You have to forgive your partner. If your partner knew that he or she had herpes and deliberately didn't tell you, that person was going through something else way deeper personally. Right, They're deep, deep, deep into something that they just don't feel that they can ha- they can share this with you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to forgive them because they're in that spot. And you wouldn't wish that on anybody. No. Right? Number two, if your partner didn't know, your partner didn't know. like you, you They didn't know, right? Right. Um, so you have to forgive that. Then you have to forgive yourself because then we get so angry. Well, I shouldn't have gone to the bar that night. Or I knew better to use a condom. Or I was naive. Or... I drank too much or whatever and you have to forgive yourself. That was a choice you made in that moment that was a good idea at the time. You made it based on the be- you, you didn't you don't purposely go out and make bad I bad choices. Like right. it was a choice at the time that you thought was a good idea. So um and you did it based on what you knew. Right. You know, like if you didn't know how common herpes was, you might make different choices if you didn't know to ask a partner to see their std results if you didn't know that you got to forgive yourself yes so forgiveness then the second one is take responsibility because otherwise if we just point the finger we we become a victim to it mm-hmm. so you're 50% responsible for acting for for making those choices, right? Same with your partner. Take took two of you. You don't yes. like accidentally have sex.
0: Right. Yeah, it's know? a two-way street.
1: Right. Um and of course if this I mean and, and if there was any sort of sexual assault, that's that's, that's a, a whole
0: different story, right?
1: That's a whole different story. You know, you can accidentally kiss someone, but you don't accidentally like have sex. That mm-hmm. doesn't there's, there's there was a lead up. Um and so 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 take responsibility. You can look go back and say, wow, I, you know, I I realized that, wow, maybe I was drinking too much and maybe I do drink too much. And that's why I wasn't able to make that, those responsible decisions. And that's something I'm aware of. Okay, wow, this helped me become a being diagnosed with herpes has now helped me figure that out. Or whatever the situation is. Right. And and these, and so again, I go back to forgiveness responsibility forgiveness responsibility and it just loops around
0: do you find yourself when you work with others which i love that you you do that in so many different platforms that people are really so grateful for just being brave enough to share your story
1: mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and and Because when I was diagnosed in 2011, social media wasn't what it was today. Um, And there was nothing out there. It was the CDC. It was Planned Parenthood and WebMD. And when I read the statistics on WebMD, I don't know if it was WebMD, Planned Parenthood, (laughs) whatever it was. It was like people with herpes are in promiscuous sexual behavior, have multiple partners, do not have a high school diploma or less. And are of these, uh, are of a certain socioeconomic status and are of these races. And I didn't fit into, it, I didn't fit into that category. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It it was like, whoa, okay. You know, and, and that's not the
0: case. That's right. And you don't want to then label yourself right. inappropriately or, you know, un- unfairly, I guess is a better way right. to say it. Would you mind asking, how did you navigate then having to share that with future partners?
1: So that's a great question. So I was turning 30 and I no longer wanted to be with the guy that I got herpes from. And so I made the decision to go out on dates with anybody that asked me. And I either I would ask or go out on dates. And I want to clarify that dating doesn't mean sleeping. Mm-hmm. Just because you're dating someone doesn't mean you're sleeping with someone. So I dated lots of men. I went out for yoga. I went on ice cream dates. I went to the beach. I went for coffee. I went for breakfast, dinners, whatever. And so, you know, you you go on one date, two dates, and you know, you know if we're like, ah, I don't want to see this person again, <laughs> or yeah, I want this is. Let's see where this goes, right? Right. So, um, if it was somebody that I was interested in. Then I would, I would make sure that like, okay, this is where it really where I'm, I'm interested, and I would have the conversation. And at the, I think the first time I disclosed, I cried to, to whoever it was. Um, but but eventually, you get to the point of this is who I am, and if you're not going to accept me for for this, then then that's okay. You can go find someone else. We're not right for each other for each other, and in being married. And, and you know, I'm sure you can agree. Like, there's way bigger fish to fry in a marriage. Oh yeah. Than a silly blister that pops up every now and then. And if a relationship is based on that, or if that's the biggest thing in your relationship, but then, then there's probably somebody else out there for you, right? That it's not going to be an issue. Um, and I'm not saying if you do have a, someone that has has an issue with it, it's not you're not able to work through it. But I'm just saying someone who's married there's way bigger fish to fry in a relationship.
0: Well, and I I I love that basically you you kind of knew okay, mm-hmm. this is somebody that I want to spend more time with. So, I'm going as as difficult as it was, I'm going to share it with them. And what mm-hmm. I hear you saying is if this I'm not the right person for you and vice versa, if this is something we we can't get over and and that's okay too.
1: That's okay. Yeah. And getting to that point where you have the self-confidence to say, this wasn't right. You know, um, there's many reasons why people aren't right for each other. And with herpes, it tees it up for them. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you when I was, you know, how many not not like thousands of times, but like <laughs> times when you're you're dating someone and they'll they'll like bring up something like, oh, we should, you know, be exclusive or, oh, let's move in together or, you know, all those things. And if they teed it up for a reason for me to break up with them that wasn't, hey, I'm not into you, I took it, you know? So if it was, hey, I'm I'm moving across the country for a job, would you like to move with me? I'm like, you just made it really easy saying like, oh, I can't move because of my job or whatever, right? So if someone's not into you and you give them herpes, as an option, they're going to take that and run and say, "Oh, you know, it was really the herpes. Herpes really has nothing to do while if while why someone's not into you, right? It has nothing to do with
0: it. Absolutely, it's just that person's not into you, right? And I and I'm so glad that you gave that example because it, it even if even if that is the reason for whatever you know, I'm just using this. If that's the right. reason, it doesn't mean that was really the reason. It was just right. like you said. It just was the thing that just finally said, "Okay, this is." But it there's so much more to a relationship before you get married or even after. You know that, uh, right? That is um, that you have to think about and right? I just I can't thank you enough. I mean, I know that like I said, everybody I think listening can think and are thinking about a time where something happened to them that was Mm life-changing, whether it was something emotional, physical. And to have your story, to share your story and your tips about forgiveness and Mm -hmm. um, about then not just moving on and not becoming that victim, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, I can't thank you enough for joining me Before we end this amazing discussion that we've had, is there anything else that you feel in your heart you'd want to share with everyone?
1: Yeah, back to the rejection, because this can transfer over into really any aspect. But specifically with herpes, you're rejected for three reasons. One, the person is just not mature when it comes to sexual, like talking things like taboo or sexual, or like, it's silly or like, it, like, for example, if you're a female and you get your period and the guy you're dating is like, ew, gross. I don't want to see that. That's an example of someone not being emotionally mature. Like, come on, we're not 12. Yeah. You know? So that's a perfect example. Or like, can't can't have the, the sex talk or like, it's just weird for them. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example of someone that's just not emotionally mature. And you could be any age for that. Number two, the ma- person who is married to a concept that's not going to change. I use the example, if you have a Catholic and a Jew, the re- there there's one main point here that's not going to work out. If you're Catholic, you're not going to believe the Jewish faith. And if you're Jewish, you're not going to believe the Catholic faith. Never going to happen, right? Three is the last one I talked about. The person's not into you. And and so when you look at those three reasons and when the rejection happens, you can it still hurts, but you can say, okay, this just wasn't right. And it propelled the breakup. This I could have dated this person for six months and then found out. Right. So, so yeah, I just I wanted to, to definitely hone in on that. And then also with with our children and and sexual education and just making sure that they know that you can be a person to talk to. Yes. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable, find someone, you know, like yourself, Dr. Sarah, or find someone that's going to educate them and opposed to like, oh, just don't don't have sex. Don't just, oh, eat, eat. no, yeah. it's going to happen. Everyone's going to have sex at some point, whether you're 15 or 55, it's going to happen. So just being aware of like, let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, don't be afraid to talk about it. And and again, as as I want to remind parents too, just talking about it doesn't mean that you're encouraging your child right. to do it. If you right. don't talk about it, then they're not going to know what your feelings and your values are about it. And then they're going to, during those tri- um, those formative years, by just hearing you and talking and having that ability to discuss it with somebody safe, Then as they get older, they're going to make it's gonna help them make decisions when they get older because we all know we're gonna be in situations where, and we all have had situations where, you know, we can look back and think, what can I learn from this? What I've learned from you today is I love that you said talk about it. And if you're not comfortable talking to your kids about it, find somebody who is. And that's okay too. Right. Right.
1: That's okay too. Yeah. yeah. Find someone that is. And, and it's just, it, it, when you put it in a context of like, well, we're never going to talk about our elbow. We just can't <laughs> talk about our elbow. Right. Right. Like our sex organs, whatever, they're this, they're just as important as our elbow. Our elbow is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Like
0: yeah.
1: Our elbow does a lot. Right. And it's the same thing as, oh, we can't talk about the elbow. Yes. It, it, when you put it like that, it sounds so silly. That's right. But it, it isn't. It's it's so many layers of beliefs and taboos and silliness and like it, it just it it all gets it all boils. So yeah, find some, either you 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 and your spouse come together and decide how we're going to talk about this, or find someone that you you trust to to do this.
0: And I would also go as far as learn what your kids are learning in school too. Uh-huh. Because then you can answer questions about what they're learning and understand and play a cooperative role, not, not you know a negative role with what they're teaching in school. Be cooperative. If you don't feel like, if you don't agree 100% with how they're doing it, that doesn't mean that you fight it. It means that you know now what I need to help teach my own family instead mm-hmm. of being like, this is wrong, this is right just just be honest with yourself and with your with your family and and be open to just starting that conversation. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Thank me. Thank you. And um, I really commend your bravery and I'm so grateful that you're sharing this story not just on my podcast but with many many others. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah if you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up With Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www growingupwithdrsarah.com contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.